and welcome to Cuppers and Catch-Ups. My name is Imogen Chapman and this is my new safe space where I can have a good old chat. This podcast will be focusing on the lessons that I have learnt so far throughout my life, as well as the lessons that others may have learnt throughout theirs. So, grab your cuppers, get comfy and let's have a catch-up. I am just over the moon to have Patrick on the podcast today. He is just incredible and absolutely one of a kind. Um, So I'm so excited for you guys to hear what we discussed um, in this episode. So I am going to stop talking um, and let you listen. So Patrick, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, how are you doing at the moment? How is lockdown life treating you? Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm very happy to be here. Um, do you know what? It's been a funny little journey because I started lockdown being that annoying person who was posting on social media about being really productive. And <laughs> I think I was sort of doing everything that I could possibly do to keep myself busy. I started a Patreon. I started doing all sorts of stuff on YouTube. And uh, that's all gone out the window. <laughs> and uh, the past couple of weeks have actually been a little bit trickier for me. Um, and I sort of fell into a, a little pool of depression. Uh, that ugly word uh, reared its head and it came back again. And um, and I've kind of been struggling with that for the past couple of weeks. But I'm pulling myself out of it and I'm feeling much better at the moment. I'm trying to be a bit more proactive again. I'm a bit of a workaholic. And uh, times like this, I think, can be tricky for people uh, who are workaholics. I mean, it's difficult for everyone. It's been really, really tricky for everybody for all sorts of different reasons. But I've struggled with not having anything to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was a bit like that in the beginning. I was staying in bed until about 11 o'clock. And sort of just saying, I don't really see the point. There's nothing for me to get up for. So the longer I stay in bed, then the shorter amount of time I have to find something to do in the day until I can go back to bed. (laughs) Exactly. And that was sort of my excuse in the beginning. Um, But then, yeah, I sort of just started getting up at at a sensible time before nine o'clock and eating in the morning and making sure I go out Mm -hmm. and do something at least once um, work once a day just to go out and do a walk or something mm. or whatever it is even if like well obviously now we're allowed to see more people yeah. so even if it's popping I'm seeing my friend actually this afternoon just in her garden oh, just for a cup of tea like just things like yeah. that I just think are really helpful at the moment yeah definitely it's funny how people have been one way or the other whereas like I, I was like obviously I was quite productive at the beginning and now you're sort of doing the flip around and I'm trying to cl- claw yeah. back that pro- productivity <laughs> it's like we've swapped places <laughs> Um, so let's just, I think maybe the perfect place to start Mm -hmm. would be probably at the beginning. (laughs) Um, so are you able just to talk me through what life was like for you when you were younger, you were a teenager and you were growing up in Northern Ireland? Yeah, of course. I'd love to talk about that. Um, so, uh, it's funny. I had a chat with my sister the other day. She messaged me out of the blue just saying, what, what was one word you could use to explain your childhood? What's the first word that comes, springs to mind? Now she was talking about when I was very, very little. Mm. And I couldn't think of anything. I just said smaller. I just oh for God's sake, play properly. So I said, <laughs> so I thought about it and I was so happy. Um I had a really, really lovely, happy childhood. Uh and then thanks, Dad, he came and screwed it all up by uh, uh having an affair 
And uh, I think I was about, oh, I'm going to say 10, 11, maybe younger. I can't remember. I was young and everything changed. <laughs> and um, it's like you say, obviously, I grew up in Northern Ireland and life in Northern Ireland uh, a long time ago was very different. And it's uh, to what a lot of people know in the UK. Um, Northern Ireland's quite backward and sheltered and a lot of people there can be quite bigoted for a whole multitude of reasons but I think a lot of it revolves around religion yeah but that's another topic for another day um and growing up there living in a small village uh even though I went to a big school in the big city but I sort of grew up in a small village and I was quite openly gay when I was growing up and then as I sort of reached the age of like 15 I started wearing makeup and uh being expressive with my clothes and my hair etc and it was tough to say the least um i think i had a similar experience to what a lot of uh, queer kids have growing up in small villages where you know they get a lot of abuse from everybody around them and they're told every single day that they don't belong especially as i grew up in northern ireland with a british accent <laughs> um yeah. i was i was told from a very very young age that i don't belong there because of my accents and because my dad was in the army and then as I grew up, I still had that over my head. But then it was, oh, you don't belong here because you're gay. And it was like a multitude of reasons to make me want to run away. <laughs> and the yeah. second I turned 18, I fled. Um, yeah, I I think there's so many thoughts about Northern Ireland. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm educated enough about it to, to make any judgments. But I mean, I've watched things. Is it called Dairy Girls? Uh -huh. Dairy Girls, yeah. I've, I've watched that series with my dad and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. But obviously, just the way of life that teenagers are, are living over there, is, it seems to be completely different to maybe England. And, and that's like a, a cultural thing. Like you say, I think it's got a lot to do with religion. Yep. I think it's just a bit strange for us looking at it because it's so close uh -huh. um, to us. Like, it's, it's so close. Well, so religion does play a really big part in Northern Ireland. And there's a whole everything it, it's a really big complicated story to get into and i end up spending the entire podcast talking about <laughs> this but if you are interested in learning more about it if you literally just google the troubles in northern ireland you know there's so much information out there about what happened and what went on um but the long and short of it basically it comes down to catholic and protestant people very much disliking each other for a whole multitude of reasons and there it be it's almost like there's two different camps and they're you know, fighting against each other. A lot of people refer to it as being a bit like Israel and Palestine. Um, yeah. And it's a similar kind of concept. And Northern Ireland for a long time was a country at war with itself. But through the 70s and the 80s, uh, it, it was at war. And um, the whole reason that I grew up in Northern Ireland was because of that, because my dad was uh, a major in the British Army. And so I was born there. We lived in an army barracks when I was really little. Um, and then... Uh, I spent, the, I think, until I was about eight, maybe, uh, living not in the army barracks, but still around army families. And then my yeah. dad left the army in 2000. And mm. he moved to Luxembourg, of all places. <laughs> and um, so he sort of like went and he did his own thing. Yeah. Uh, once he left the army and left me, my mum, my two older sisters in Northern Ireland. And um, yeah, it was it was it was an interesting upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
a few weeks ago, you wrote a post mm-hmm. about how you have now realised that you are completely gender yes. fluid. Uh, just for those who are listening who perhaps aren't aware, can you just explain what, what of that course. means? I think, yeah, no. yeah, I think that would be helpful. So, uh, I think one thing to to speak about before I actually delve into how it relates to me is the concept of gender because people get really confused yeah. about this that uh, gender and sex are different sex is yes. something yeah. that is assigned at birth because of our uh well our gender is assigned for some for most people at birth as well but sex is much more of a biological thing uh you know and people argue about this very much so but i still think that sex is is binary it's one or the other and uh there are people you know who are intersex as well which means that they have a mixture of of bits and bobs downstairs but sex yeah. tends to be male or female whereas gender uh gender is a is a social construct it's something that we uh assign uh, because of a whole multitude of reasons to people um so and gender is very much a fluid thing it's a sliding scale um you know there are some people who are hello mr masculine macho man uh and then there's some people who are the exact opposite of that a super super feminine woman and um as the term gender fluid um suggests it's basically in a nutshell that you are neither male nor female and that's how i feel within my gender that I am, my sex is male, um, and I yeah. have no intention of changing that. Whereas, obviously, if we look at people who are transgender um, or transsexual, that they want to change their sex because um, yeah. they feel very, very much as uh, someone who was born as male at birth or born as female at birth that they are not that. Um, whereas I don't feel like that, and that's what I think a lot of people can struggle with is they don't understand how someone can um can feel one day one way and one day the other way um and i think the easiest way this might not be a very easy way of explaining it actually but um (laughs) i i i look in the mirror most days and i and i sort of don't know how i feel some days I wake up in the morning and I think, oh, I look really like hot as a guy today. And then some days I look in the mirror and think, I look like such a man. I absolutely hate that. And I feel, and I feel repulsed at the thought of feeling like a man. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more than I would want to be. I, I, I would love to, to not feel like that, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm very lucky that I have the makeup skills and the hair skills and the clothing skills to be able to uh, play around with that a lot. And it's something that I've yeah, done definitely. like since I was about 15. I've played around with hair and makeup and everything, and I've and I've been able to help how I feel about my gender by tweaking it, by making myself look more yeah. feminine with makeup uh, rather than having to rely on surgery or anything like that. And um, does that make sense? Am I, I'm sort of. I feel like I'm yeah, just talking and talking. None of this is making no, sense. It does make sense. That's that's a perfect way of of putting it completely. And I think for anybody that doesn't necessarily understand, and even for me, maybe that's helped uh-huh. me a little bit understand even a little bit deeper. Um, I think probably one thing to mention um, is the fact that you have said in that in that post that you don't change your name 
usually when someone is um cross-dressing they they yes. change their name to, to a more female yeah. name perhaps whatever that is why is it that you chose not to do that is it because like you say you're you're fully comfortable in the fact that you are a male mm-hmm. or well it's interesting that you say it like that that, that i don't I, I don't think i'm fully comfortable with the fact that i am male mm. uh, actually no let's rephrase that because yes i am you're right i'm not fully comfortable with being masculine <laughs> Because for me, yes. that's, I think that, that, again, everybody has different views and opinions about this. And, and I think that's what makes everything so great in life is that everyone has a different view and opinion. But my view and opinion on it is that um, the gender is more about masculinity and femininity, which almost makes it yes. hilarious because when you start talking about gender fluidity and I'm saying that gender is, is fluid, then people start saying, yeah, but you're referring to that in such a stereotypical way of what male and female is. But how how can it be those stereotypical things when it's fluid? But obviously, we use that sort of stereotypical view of what it is as a as a kind of um, what's the term like a like a measuring device, I guess. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I've forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> the question just was. Oh, about, about my name. Um, your name? Yeah. Not you said yes. on the on the post about no, I'm not Patricia yes. now. I'm still Patrick. yes. Oh my! Do you know what? That's my biggest pet peeve. People go, "Oh, Patricia!" I'm like, no, that's not my name. No. <laughs> um, no. no. So, well, basically, yeah, I don't feel like a different person. I'm not. I, I had a I once upon a time had a drug name, which I, I had for like six months, and and it didn't sit yeah. well with me. And I didn't. I just felt like I was pretending to be something that I wasn't. And for a lot of people, having a drag name, having a persona or changing their name is really, really important to them. But it's not. It's not important to me because I don't feel like a different person. I feel very much like me because because I, I am yeah. me. It's just me with with hair, like longer hair or or my own hair, but I don't, I don't know, different and a bit of dust and colour on my face. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that, isn't it? I mean, I think some people... I mean, I've got some friends who do drag and and they do it as a, as a career, yes. as part of their job. And and they have two personalities or, or two yep. personas, you know, it's not yeah, the yeah. word it is, isn't it? <laughs> Persona, yeah. They they are two people and that's how they like to look at it. Um, but it's just interesting that maybe some people, like you were saying, actually, no, there's not two of me. Yes. There's just one of me and I just enjoy like you know makeup and and sometimes I want to feel this way and sometimes I want to Uh feel that way and you know so I think that's really interesting how it can be so similar and I think sometimes people think that that gender is the the issues around gender are just one small group of people it's not at all it seems so varied and everybody in that sort of circle is feels completely mm-hmm. different you know like I'm saying you feel one way my friends who are mm-hmm. drag queens feel another way but somehow you are all still kind of linked and, and you all have the same views I think that is what sometimes people look and think I don't understand because there's so many different things coming out of this and I don't know what's right and what's wrong and really is there no of right course that's well that's the, the that's the 
that's the the yeah <laughs> that's the point there isn't a right and a wrong yeah. and um no. and uh, like you've talked about on some of the other episodes education at the end of the day is the most important thing and talking about these topics is all we can do because the more we learn about it uh, the more we talk about how different people feel and how gender is evolving you know the more we can understand yeah. like I started my uh, my makeover dressing service in the beginning of 2019 so it's really been that long and since I did that I have learned so much because I've met so many people who um, are very different to me I've met so many heterosexual men who love presenting as a woman uh, I love yeah. looking back at themselves and feeling feminine but have absolutely no sexual interest in men whatsoever and yeah I would be lying if I said that for a very long time I didn't think that was possible I always thought like yeah. people who would identify as a crossdresser I was like oh well they must you know they must be gay and and not all of them are in fact most of them aren't and it, I, I think it's related more so to to gender because gender and sexuality are so different but people intrinsically yeah. link them together and and they always have done but they're, they're not and they don't have to be but um i keep going off on tangent forgetting what i was about to say <laughs> no um, not at all it's it's great that you're opening up so much i think it's really like you say yeah. it's the education that, that that people need i mean imagine that you know speaking of, of kids in school and things if this was the sort of thing that was spoken about at school I just think there would be so many more people in the world that would be first of all less judgmental and second of all there would be so many more people who would feel so much more comfortable to perhaps admit their feelings or be comfortable in their own skin I just think the education would be uh -huh. a, a great thing and yeah. so helpful um to to those children that are perhaps been in that way um but as you mentioned it it was going to be my my next thing let's let's talk about yeah. wow man um so for those obviously again who don't know patrick is the founder of a feminization dressing service um and it is based in manchester yes <laughs> correct that is correct yeah <laughs> I, I went blank for a second there i was like i do yes in manchester doesn't um so how, how did that come so about? i've been a makeup artist for about 10 years now coming up to 10 years a very good one very good <laughs> thank one, you very much and uh throughout <laughs> my whole career uh drag makeup or feminization makeup however you want to look at it has been i guess the underpinning of what i do it's how i got into makeup yeah. and it's always been my the favorite thing for me like being able to feminize someone even if it's a biological female you know feminizing them it's it, it's it's my favorite part and yeah. and that whole transformation that whole sort of transformative quality of everything and so i was always mm -hmm. the makeup artist that would get sent uh, um, who people would send their clients to or their friends to or whatever when they didn't know what to do about when they didn't know how to feminize someone so for example i get like before i actually started doing well man i'd get a lot of colleagues being like oh i've had someone contact me they're transgender i don't really know how to work about this would you be able to recommend something would you be able to do it for me i was always that person so i've developed yes. over quite a long time a lot of clients who are gender variants 
whether they be transgender, cross-dressers, drag queens, whatever. I have had, I've sort of like created this little pocket of people. And uh, more so cross-dressers. And just to clarify as well, when I use the term cross-dresser, I'm generally referring to people who for cross-dressers it's more about the clothes and the the act of dressing in in women's clothes most people who would ref, ref, who ugh, most people who would identify as cross-dressers do it because they enjoy the clothing and they obviously they enjoy all the other aspects right. of it but they don't want to live as a woman um okay so yes i've developed a, a big uh client base of cross-dressers and there is a thing, there are quite a few actually, dressing services in throughout the UK where people will go and they experience being dressed up like a woman for the day, basically. And you would be amazed, Imogen, at how popular they are and how successful some of these places mm. are. And they're a really, really big part of the community. And it's not obviously not just cross-dressers that come to them. There's a whole sort of range of people who go to them. And I kept hearing about it for a very long time. And I sort of look with some of my other friends at what they were. And we always had a bit of a giggle because they were never very good. Um, there are definitely some yes. other some places throughout the UK, throughout the world who do a better quality. But I always felt like they could do with a bit more extra glamour <laughs> and a bit more. Yeah, I always remember when I when I was younger, I do remember having this conversation uh-huh. with my mum about these cross-dressing services uh, across the and I remember having these conversations and I think there was always especially when I was younger a bit of a a, a, what's the word like a generalization to be a little bit yeah a little bit yeah yeah exactly that and a little bit maybe sad I don't know how to explain Do you know, there's it, one in Manchester yeah, uh, and there, there was a range of them throughout the throughout the UK I don't know how many there were and it's called transformations and the one there's there's still one in Presswich and it, honestly Imogen it looks like a funeral parlor yes that that's it it's it's just sad all of it dark like it's yes. really secretive things and and that, yeah it, it's all that, it was all very hush hush behind closed doors we can't talk about this and there's this generalization of yes. the, the majority of these people are the type of people who go and steal the, the wife's knickers and uh, and that's all they wanted to do and they'd put a bad wig on and they would just look awful and there's this it, it, it there is this yes. whole really negative association with it and I can assure you that's not the case. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> well, no. I mean, I've seen you uh, did a video with did, yes. Channel 4, is that right? And, I, and I've seen these mini-series um, of what you're doing, and it, and it doesn't seem that way. Good. Well, I'm actual... really pleased to hear that. That's um, my whole goal. So basically, long and short of it, I decided that after a while of looking at all of this, I thought, do you know what? Sod it. Let's have a go at this. Um, some of my my work let's say that some of my work finished uh, and I had a a, a, a <laughs> slot in my time uh to fill so I thought right okay I need to do something proactive so I started wow man and honestly it like snowballed and exploded it was amazing I I did a photo shoot with my boyfriend and I got him all dolled up and he is annoyingly beautiful when he's got a wig and makeup on it's he's really really <laughs> small and he has a small little lady head and it's so frustrating how gorgeous he looks but anyway I did this photo shoot posted it on, on on twitter and on my instagram and it exploded and and i started having people booking in straight away and i'm like people are booking in and i've got no clothes i've got no wigs i how am i gonna do this i've got no shoes but i made it happen 
and uh this was over a year ago now Good. and i'm now at a point where uh i'm hoping to sort of expand the business a little bit which is very difficult obviously because of lockdown yeah yeah i mean i, I personally didn't know i mean i've known you for yep. at least four years now um and I didn't know that you had set this up until that video came out. And I don't no. think that was very long ago. I think it wasn't mm-hmm. until you shared it and I didn't know. And I just thought, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this is absolutely amazing. And it, I I guess sometimes it might be because whenever I tend to see you, you're usually <laughs> yes. doing my makeup. And we're probably just trying to calm you down so <laughs> that's on stage or something. So <laughs> the last thing we're talking about is, anything to do with you and it's more to do with the fact that I'm about to go on stage and everybody's panicking um but yeah I I didn't I didn't know and when I saw it I I was so impressed well I I would be lying if I said that wasn't slightly intentional and uh I I wanted to keep everything a little bit separate for a while because I didn't want to be one of these people that was like I'm starting a new business and then it completely flop um and because my my pageant life um and do you know what actually i'm saying this and i think partly or mainly actually that i, I wanted to keep them secret because i didn't want people to judge me for it and um mm. i don't i've not really spoken about that actually before but i i had these reservations that pageant people would be really anti it yes and really? how wrong i was <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, by the looks of it from me, you've, from Pageant Girls... Oh, so much support, and I've really support. been blown back. But, you know, Which when you great. spend so many years being told that all of this is wrong and that all of this kind of stuff is is not good, you, I'm always going to have yeah. this niggling little feeling in the back of my head that's telling me uh, that people aren't going to like it. And I'm so... And, like, when I tell people mm. what I do now... I'm so much more confident about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I turn men into women, or <laughs> you know, or like I love, I I love, I love going to my barbers and talking to them about what I get, what I do. It's my favorite thing because they're fascinated by it. Yeah, and I uh, I love educating people about it. And I like like we said earlier, I think talking about talking about Wow Man and talking about what I do and people learning more about it and like my whole my sort of little personal goal is to change the way people view cross dressing. Because, like we said, you know, there is this age-old idea of of, of it being very cl- behind closed doors and secretive and not nice. Um, but do you know what? I think what it boils down to for so many people is that masculinity is this huge oppressive thing on a lot of guys' shoulders and a lot of women's shoulders as well, actually. Um, because it's not it's not just men by any means who feel the oppressive nature of masculinity, and um, I speak to, I, I speak to men every single day, multiple men every single day who mm-hmm. tell me I cannot ever come out. I cannot ever talk to anybody about this because my family would disown me. My wife would break up with me. I would lose my children, but all I want to do is feel beautiful. And I think there is a huge problem with that. Yeah, yeah no, I completely agree. I think uh, I'm completely obsessed <laughs> with the Kardashians, right? And I always have been since I was about 14. Um, and I've seen every episode ever. And obviously, it was a massive thing um, when mm-hmm. Caitlyn Jenner came out. And I think they portrayed... I don't know if you've watched that episode of they interviewed each each sister. 
And the way that it was portrayed was just, you know, Kenzie yeah. and Kylie were so accepting. You saw how difficult it was for, for Chris to accept that, obviously they were broken up, but to actually accept that her ex-husband was fully transitioning into a woman and how difficult that must mm-hmm. be for her. You saw it from every angle, but it didn't make, well, I don't know about others, but but for me, it it made me feel really... Yeah. almost proud of Caitlin for for doing that and that's the thing I you know I, I wish more people could feel and have the confidence to to do that and, and speak to their families and things because like you say at the moment you speak to people who have got this worry of their wife will leave mm-hmm. them and their children will never speak to them and things um but I, I think that I know loads of people think they are just ridiculous and and sometimes I think they might be too but um that it that whole season of that trans uh, trans transition and and that happening was just mm-hmm. so informative. I thought, yeah, um, it, it's super super powerful that someone people. with uh, such a big audience uh, did it so publicly. I think as well, and a lot of people in the transgender community mm. don't particularly like Caitlyn Jenner, but I think it's undeniable that mm. she has she has opened conversation up to so many people who wouldn't talk about this kind of stuff. She's not particularly the best yeah. role model uh, for trans people, but she's been a yeah. very, very um, outspoken and one. And uh, I think she has done, I personally think she has done really great things. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think, yeah, I think it showed, it showed a lot. And I think, perhaps to some people maybe not everybody but like you say some people might have looked at that and watched that and thought well do you know what if she can do Mm -hmm. it why can't I and it shows you you know the effect on the family and the family aren't as strong as they used to be now but you know (laughs) that they're surviving they're still pretty strong like they're doing good so I think if you can if if anybody was taking something from that I think it's it's very beneficial and so Obviously, you have only um, you only founded Wow Man. Twenty nineteen. Uh, <laughs> so it's only been it's only been like a year and a half. Um, although it feels like much less of that because I've, yeah. I've spent the past four months or three months or however long it's been not doing anything. Yeah. How many clients have you had uh, roughly? Is is it been? A yeah, it yeah, been it has day? been. Um, it's funny because it's not the kind of like it's not. I don't think what I do, I don't think I charge a lot of money for what I do, and especially for people who who are in the pageant industry, you know, we, we will joke and say that pageants are one of the most expensive hobbies you can have. Um, but uh, people kind of like yes. understand a little bit more how much it costs to do, you know, like photo shoots and pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, yes. So basically, I'm trying to say that. It's I I charge a, you know a good amount, but it's not expensive in the really in the grand scheme of things. I don't make a huge amount of money doing this, but there are still a lot of people who can't afford yes. it, and it's not the kind of thing that everybody goes and does every weekend, you know. And um, there are a lot of people who would love to come and have the experience with being a wow man who can't afford it. Um, mm. so it tends to be uh, that my clients are a little bit older because they've got a bit more disposable income. Um, so with that being said, uh, I'm try- I- I'm stalling myself because I'm trying to think of a number in my head. When I first started, I'd have someone like every other week, 
So it started quite slowly. And okay. then I, w- I would go through a period of like, I remember, was it last summer? I was doing like three, four people a week. Yeah. Wow. That's but it kind of, it sort of comes and goes. That is a lot. Um, like everything, you know, in life with the sort of, um, yeah. everything kind of goes up and down. I was really looking forward to this year because then I could like do my comparative figures from the year before. But that's all gone out the window. <laughs> I have definitely all gone out the window. Um, do you find people are traveling? Is it? Oh, definitely. I think I've had Manchester two clients from Manchester. Or... Everybody else has traveled really far. Wow. And again, it's funny because it relates to, to the pageantry, which obviously Imogen and I both um, spend a lot of time in. The, in. In pageantry, a lot of people travel very far. Yeah. Um, I, I have had clients from America. I've had a client come from Dubai. I've had a client, I was supposed to have, did they come? No, I was supposed to have two clients come from, from the Netherlands. And uh, so most most people travel quite far. And what they tend to do is they'll sort of stay in Manchester for a couple of days. And um, I, I usually work from yeah. home. I, I have an apartment in the city centre and I work from there. And I'm actually, in a couple of months, I'm going to sort of transform the apartment a little bit and do everything up so that it's a bit more of a work-friendly space. Um, but... Uh, I, yeah. I will quite often go to people's hotels and get them glammed up in their hotels as well. That's it's, amazing that people are traveling. It's so really, from, really from cool. America, and I, like, when I first, when I had yeah. the, the, the the American girl come, um, it was actually quite early on in everything. I was like, oh my God, this is insane. I'm going to have people every week coming from America. And obviously I've only had one. Um, but it's, it's really <laughs> like reaffirming that people are willing to travel for you. And that honestly it really really means yeah. the world i i think imogen like I, i'm so yeah. freaking lucky yeah. to do what i do i i meet some of the most yes. amazing people i've ever met in my life through doing this and i've been able to connect through cross-dressing with people that i would never connect with before because some of them are so i have such a mixed bunch of clients in that you know i have some people who don't have you know particularly well-paid jobs to some people with very well-paid jobs to people who from all sorts of different walks of life. I, I have this one client who who is probably the most intelligent person I've ever met in my entire life. And every time we meet, I, I spend most of the day with my mouth wide open because I, I can't get over how clever <laughs> this person is. And, and and if I wasn't doing well, man, I wouldn't have met, necessarily met those people. And I just think it is a real testament to how yeah. uh, gender fluidity is something that that affects everybody <laughs> and there there is yeah, no definitely. there really isn't a a, t- a type of person you know that who, who who does this kind of stuff i think it is it, for so long like we've said a couple of times it's been synonymous with you know older white guys you know who's seen, who have a lot of money but i think that's because of accessibility because they've been able to because they have the money mm. to whereas every single type of person that you can imagine wants to do it and wants to have the experience of feeling feminine and feeling beautiful yes yeah I think it's absolutely amazing um I really do and I am following your Instagram you. and your Facebook pages <laughs> and things and I, I love seeing the updates um and seeing the post pictures that you post of yourself um yeah I think it's great but Patrick, thank you so much for you catching much. up with me today. Um, 
it's been lovely and so nice to get a little bit more of an insight into such a big topic honestly um, so thank yes, you thank, thank you thank you, you so very very much and, and um just before we we do sign off i'd like to say that if anyone is listening to this and they know anybody or they themselves are struggling with stuff like this you don't have to be a cross dress you don't have to be transgender but if it's anything to do with gender sexuality my dms are always open um i, I worry sometimes about saying that because god knows what dms i'm gonna get but <laughs> I, I like to think I'm someone who is quite easy to talk to and I'm very very happy to no, chat at great length with anybody or you know point someone in the right direction for a little bit more help so if you are struggling with anything please get in touch thank you so much Patrick I will leave all of Patrick's um social media information in the show notes um but thank An absolute you again pleasure. and thank I will you. catch up with you soon I told you that he was incredible, didn't I? <laughs> um, thank you so much again to Patrick for being on the podcast today. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Um, please don't forget to head over to our Instagram page. Um, do give us a follow and a like or a comment. Um, and please, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and with your family. Um, in the show notes, I've put all of the links um, for both our social media pages as well as Patrick's. Um, once again, thank you for listening and have a lovely day. <laughs>